There's a lovely thing I saw. It was about, yeah, I think this uh, first week back, and um, saw the aunties and uncles in action. So um, I saw Wenda helping look after the Snodgrass kids as Courtney was doing worship. Um, I saw oh, uh, Annette went and got our kids from home. Um, I saw lots of, of um, yeah, uncles and aunties helping. So yeah, that's another gap really that's opening up that we can help each other, particularly those with kids and, and um, that are, as people serve, that's going to be really helpful for those that can help in that way. So thank you. There was uh, three friends. Um, there was an Anglican priest and a Baptist minister and a Jewish rabbi and they would what are you laughing Lydia? <laughs> they, they would get together on a weekly basis and go to a cafe and in one of their meetings they said um, you know we should try and work out who's the best at, at their job why don't we um, why don't we you know, have a little test and then come back in a week and see who's best at the job. And so they decided they would each go into the forest and try to convince a bear in the forest who was the best at the job. The Anglican priest, the Baptist minister or the Jewish rabbi. So they decided they'd do that, come back a week later. Uh, the Anglican priest went into the forest and he found the bear and he uh, read the Book of Common Prayer to the bear and gave it Holy Communion and um, went really well. Uh, <clears throat> um, Baptist went in as well, the Jewish rabbi went in, they came back and they shared the stories. Uh, and the Anglican priest said, yeah, I went in read the Book of Common Prayer, shared Holy Communion. I think he's with me. He's, he's, the bear is really convinced. And the Baptist minister, he said, well, I went in and found the bear and um, shared the gospel with him. Uh, took him down to the river, baptised him. He's really convinced. I think the bear is on board. He's with me. They both looked down and there was the rabbi out on a stretcher, uh, in cast, fully cast, head to toe. And they said, oh, what happened? He said, well, I went into the forest, but um, maybe I should have started with something different than circumcision. <laughs> okay, we're... Going through the book of Romans, Romans chapter 2, verses 17 to 29. Romans 2, 17 to 29. And I'm going to do a thing Charlene always tells me off for. It's turning around and reading it because I forgot to get someone to read it. So, there we go. <laughs> now, you, if you call yourself a Jew, if you rely on the law and boast in God, if you know his will and approve of what is superior because you are instructed by the law, if you are convinced that you are a guide for the blind, a light for those who are in the dark, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of little children, because you have in the law the embodiment of 
knowledge and truth. You then, you teach others. Do you not teach yourself? You who preach against stealing, do you steal? You who say that people should not commit adultery, do you commit adultery? You who abhor idols, do you rob temples? You who boast in the law, do you dishonor God by breaking the law? As it is written, God's name is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. Circumcision has value if you observe the law, but if you break the law, you have become as though you had been circumcised, uh, had not been circumcised. So, then, if those who are not circumcised keep the law's requirements, will they not be regarded as though they were circumcised? The one who is not circumcised physically and yet obeys the law will condemn you who even though you have the written code and circumcision are a lawbreaker. A person is not a Jew who is only one outwardly, nor is circumcision merely outward and physical. No, a person is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is a circumcision of the heart by the Spirit, not by the written code. Such a person's praise is not from other people, but from God. And Lord, we ask you to speak to us today from your words. What is the faith about? What is the faith about? What is the Christian faith about? To answer that, we're going to do what the writer of the scripture does, and it's called a diatribe. A diatribe was used by the philosophers and speakers of Paul's time, where you kind of have this argument with an imaginary foe and so the the battle was real there are people that are speaking and talking like this but Paul writes as if he's speaking to a particular person but actually they're not there so it's a diatribe and and so Paul he starts with what the faith is not about what the faith is not about and Paul says it's not about your diddles. It's not about circumcision. Now, circumcision was um, cutting off of the last part of the foreskin of the male penis, right? So it wasn't about that. It's not about that. Half of us will be relieved by that. And circumcision was a huge part of Jewish belief. Right back from Genesis 17, God made a covenant with Abraham and said, it would be a lasting covenant for generations to come. Uncircumcised males from Genesis 17, 14 were to be cut off from their people. Really important. Circumcision was really important. But Paul in verse 25 says it's only valid if you observe the entirety of the law. As soon as you, you know, this imaginary adversary, as soon as you uh, break the law, circumcision has no value. It's like a peacekeeper's blue helmet. You know, it's, a, it's kind of a logo of, of, um, of going in and stopping conflict. But if you go in, say if you're a peacekeeper and go in and you create conflict, You've got the logo, but not, you're not doing it, not the mojo. And so um, it's not about circumcision. 
it's not about, or so number two, it's not about noise. It's not what comes out of the mouth. Paul outlines the activity and questions it in this, his verbal arm wrestle. He says, he says, you, you teach, you preach, you instruct, you brag. Teach, verse 20, 21. Preach, 20, uh, verse 21. You instruct, verse 20. You brag, verse 23. So he says, there's a whole lot of noise, lots of religious noise, but it's not about noise. Not about circumcision, it's not about noise. Thirdly, it's not about having the book. Verses 27 to 24. Paul's adversary, imaginary adversary, um, they had the book. They had the scripture. They had the Pentateuch, the Psalms, the prophets. But there was a disconnect between what was taught and what was lived. It's not about having the book. I remember at high school, um, my history teacher, he was a smoker, you know, and one time he says, he came up to me, he says, oh, Carl, I've run out of smokes. Which, which of our class are smoking? <laughs> Paul gives three examples, verses 21 and 22. He says, um, you, you teach against stealing, but, but do you steal? You teach against immorality. Are you immoral? You teach against robbing temples. Do you do that? And the scholars are not sure exactly what that means. Perhaps they were even doing that. Uh, perhaps it's a reference to uh, tithes and offerings. But there was definitely a double standard going on. And we saw a little bit of this during our lockdown, eh? Um, in England, but also with us, people don't like, and we saw it a bit of a double standard where health officials were saying we need to stay home, and then some of them weren't staying home. So it's not about having the book, not about the noise, not about circumcision, it's not about having the look. Not about having the look. Verse 28. Paul's diatribal opponent from casual observance had the appearance of faith. They were involved in religious teaching. Uh, they'd been circumcised. They are praised by others. But Jesus, some of Jesus' most withering uh, criticism for those that were going for the look. Going for the look, the religious look. Matthew 23, verse 5. Jesus said, all they do, they do for the look. They do for men to see. He says they brought in the phylacteries and lengthened their tassels. A phylactery was, you might have seen it, it's a, like a little box that our traditional Jews would wear with a strap on their heads. And they'd keep this, the, the scripture in that. And, and they'd lengthen uh, the tassels. The tassel was, dates right back from uh, Numbers chapter 15. It was a little bit of material and, and it was instructed, you put that there so you remember uh, Jews to, to keep the law. 
And so in Jesus' time, the religious leaders, they would make that box bigger and they'd make the tassels longer to give the look, the look. And Jesus said, it's not about the look. Um, might have even been a tassel that the woman that was bleeding in Matthew 9, she might have grabbed that of Jesus. But Jesus said, it's not about the look. And true Christian faith is not about circumcision, it's not about the noise, not about having the book, not about having the look. It's not a, even about having the look with the book. That's a traditional um, phylactery. It's in black and white. We have updated versions of that. comes um, in different colours. also comes in orange. <laughs> uh, also comes in grey. Having the look with the book. John chapter 12. Uh, the account of Mary anoints Jesus' feet with a very expensive perfume. And Judas says, why are you wasting money on worship? It's not good. That could have been sold for a year's wages and the money given to the poor. John 12, verse 6. And he says... Uh, but he didn't say that because he cared about the poor. Judas himself was a thief. And as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself. So he had, Judas had, a theoretical care of the poor. He wanted the look of the book. But he didn't care about the poor. And that's a danger, isn't it? Having the look of the book. Noise about the poor. But what really matters, what really, really, really matters is not those things. What really matters is the heart. The heart. It's the heart that really matters. 1 Samuel 16 verse 7. It's uh, choosing the King David. Choosing of the new king. And it says this, man looks on outside appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. Man looks on outside appearances, but the Lord looks on the heart. Kotai hoa ia he titiro ki The Lord looks on the heart. That's the body part that matters, the heart. Hearts, you know, hearts are really interesting things. Really hard to see into a heart, even your own heart, sometimes. But it's the heart that really matters. And, um, and you know, one of the interesting things Jesus said was, where your treasure is, your heart will follow, not the other way around. And one of the things when we're choosing our elders and trustees for the church is we just check with our treasurer, uh, are they regular givers? Because they want to know what their, what their heart is. Is their heart with the church? Where your, heart, where your treasure is, your heart follows. And what the, the faith is about, not about all those other things, it's about the heart. A true Jew, a true follower of God, 
is a follower with their heart. And it says this, where their heart has been circumcised by the Spirit of God. The hearts, our hearts have been circumcised by the Spirit of God. And the climax of this passage is verse 29. A circumcised heart. Without the Spirit, our hearts are not good enough. Our hearts are not good enough. We're too conflicted. We're double-hearted. We're half-hearted. Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones was a Welsh Protestant minister, died in 1981. He had this wonderful diagnostic question to find out um, where a person was at in their faith. And he would ask them, are you prepared to say you are a Christian? And sometimes they would say this. They would hesitate and say, oh, I don't think I'm good enough. And immediately he knew they had it wrong, that they were thinking about themselves. Because no one is good enough. No one is good enough. And if you want to say, uh, it sounds humble, doesn't it? I'm, you know, I don't think I'm good enough. But it's not about you. It's about him. And none of us are good enough. But he is good enough for all of us. And it's about saying, he is good enough and I am in him. I am in Jesus. And allowing the Spirit of God to circumcise our hearts. And God sends his Holy Spirit to do that. Uh, Luke 8 verse 15. But the seeds that, that fell on the good soil are those with a noble and good heart. And by persevering produce a huge harvest. Um, when I came to faith from a great Christian family, came to faith at the age of 18, one of the things that surprised me about that one time, a few days later, I was, um, I was one of four boys and I was very compliant. So I got a lot of the work around home, I reckon. And, um, and I resented that sometimes. But um, I remember a few days after um, like saying yes to Jesus, um, vacuuming around home and feeling, man, I do not resent this. I don't resent this. And what I think it was, was the spirit had begun that, that process and there's something immediate, but something of a process of it, of circumcising my heart, that my heart had changed. My heart had changed. And we need that. We need heart surgery. And everyone needs that. Allow the spirit of God to change our hearts. It's not about the noise, not about the look, not about the look of the book. It's not about the chop. It's about the heart. And we can't do that by ourselves. It's about Him changing our hearts by His Spirit. If you've never done that, you need to do that. You can do that today. If you want to say yes to the Spirit of God to change your heart. Because you're not good enough, but He's good enough. And if your heart has gone lukewarm or changed, you want to come back and say uh, yes again, then um, why don't you do that? So um, people will stay around up here if you want to pray. John, um, 
if you would want to help us and Sean too, if anyone else, yeah. Yeah, I've got a slight variation on that. Um, I was trying to find a scripture earlier. We had Waitangi with us last week and uh, she had a, a real download to do with, she found it, it's, it was in Proverbs, I think it's Proverbs 3 and I've got a version of the Bible, I just can't even find it. I can barely hear anything. Except, can I just say, I could hear the worship really, really well today, and it was beautiful. So thank you, thank you um, for bringing it today, Rachel, too. I think it was a last-minute call-up. Um, um, dear Caleb's got a family emergency going on, and so um, we're grateful for you and everyone. But anyway, going back, it's... This is some of the word, is that um, it's about wisdom and two hands. In the right hand, I can find it, I think that that's wisdom sitting in the right hand, but in the left hand, she felt really pray for people, in the left hand were, were rubies, but she was kind of seeing sapphires, and so she started to pray for different ones, just laying her left hand on them and praying in whatever that was that, they were needing rubies, um, like literally for some, the blessing of finances, because this is a difficult time, right, for a lot of people in financial area, so praying abundance. For others, it was just the riches of wisdom. It was um, praying into some sort of lack out of the bounty that God has to give you, to give us. So I just want to ask that um, into this area of, of your heart, you know, just people's hearts, just whatever God gives you, would you reach out your left hand, oh thanks Lydia, got that, would you read that, just encouraging you to, um, yeah, you go back to yeah, yeah, okay. uh, it's Proverbs 3, 15, uh, 16, length of days is in, oh, it's talking about wisdom I think, yeah, uh, length of days is in her right hand and in her left riches So would you reach your left hand out in faith now to whoever is nearest to you and speak in, speak in riches and honour. I'll just pray generally now and then as you feel led to continue over those people that are near you where the left hand is reaching out to, just go with what the Holy Spirit gives you now. So, uh, Father God, I thank you that you are deeply, deeply concerned about the work that goes on in our hearts. It's, it's about our hearts, and you are the lover of our souls. You do a wonderful work in our hearts, the circumcision of the heart. And Lord, I want to combine this um, leading from last week of the... Um, riches and honour in the left hand that wisdom imparts something with the right but there's others that wisdom imparts with the left and as we reach out our left hands toward one another and we minister to one another as a body now would you impart riches and honour among us today as we stretch out the left hand Lord of blessing over one another today impart, impart Holy Spirit I thank you that each person here, Lord, has started on a journey towards you. And uh, we thank you that you are with us. We thank you that we are vessels of the Holy Spirit, that you live in us. We thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. 
Lord, I want to open my eyes up short. I want to see tongues of fire sitting on people's heads. I want to see an impartation of the Spirit of God. Lord, just as people in faith stretched out their hands today, Lord, their left hand, Lord, stretched out. Father, I want to believe it and see it, Lord. The flames of fire, the Holy Spirit represented that way, coming through people, Lord, extending out through their hands, that riches and honour, Lord, and a wonderful eternal work on people's hearts today and on my own. We are your children, Lord, and we are everything in you. Let's, let's stand up and we'll finish with this in uh, morning tea for the first time. But I don't, if you've never said yes to Jesus, um, circumcising your heart, I want to give you that opportunity today. It's really important. You allow um, God to change your heart and uh, people or to come back. And so people will stay here while we're having morning tea. We'd love to pray for you if you want that. Thank you, you guys. I just come up as we're worshiping and people start praying.